Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. If it is your first time here, I'm Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. And we have a lot to talk about today. First off, Ben Shapiro is being slammed on social media by the left for, in my opinion, just making sense. Not a whole lot controversial in my view, but uh, then AOC has gotten into a cat fight with another congressman and is milking it for all that it is worth. Uh, before we get into the show, though, I do want to ask, would you mind please sharing, subscribing, liking, and turning on all notifications wherever you may be watching this? It helps us out a ton, and it it's a kind of a way that we can override some of the throttling we're seeing on social media. We really appreciate it. All right, so... If you've seen the show before, you probably know that I am a Ben Shapiro fan. We've had the pleasure of having him on the show. I've been on his show. It's just a, it's a good time with Ben. Uh, he's known for saying facts don't care about your feelings, which is very true. They do not care about your feelings. A recent clip of his that I think kind of embodies the same message is kind of going viral online. And it is upsetting the libs big time. Again, I don't have a problem with it, but I want to know what you all think of it. We have a clip of it here. It's about a minute long, and I'm going to ask very nicely that the Daily Wire people, please do not copyright strike us, because we're friends, right? I'm sticking up for you, Ben, but uh, here it is. Okay, there's only one problem. Okay, empathy is actually kind of bad for politics. The reason that empathy is bad for politics is because it leads you to empathize with people that you are more likely to like, as opposed to people you don't like. Okay, so the, first of all, the pitch for empathy is actually... There have been several books that are written on this, social science books, talking about how empathy is not actually the best thing for politics. It actually almost deactivates the reasoning centers of your brain. Because when you're empathetic, you don't actually create good policy. This doesn't mean that feeling sympathy for people is a bad thing. It means that if empathy is what drives your policymaking, you're probably not acting in a rational fashion. But the, the, the real goal here is, of course, not to generate empathy. The real goal here is to suggest that if you disagree with the idea that America is systemically and institutionally racist, you are not an empathetic person, and therefore you're a bad, cruel, and callous person. Right? The, the idea is that, that empathy is really about it's really a moral statement about what kind of good person you are. And you can't watch baseball until you say it along with Morgan Freeman. You can't. You can't just watch a game and be distracted, which is the goal of sports. So that clip, by the way, was not sped up, at least not on our part. I don't know if the person who posted it sped it up, but he really does just talk very fast. Yeah, Ben does talk very fast. I was wondering if it was sped up. Yeah, I actually no. want to touch on, before we get into the meat of it, right. the thing he said about sports at the end, I thought was great. It's one of the reasons why I've gotten away from sports because they are a distraction. It's like, why have nationalism when I have sports team? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one thing, if you're one of those guys, that doesn't have nationalism, but you have sports team, you're doing it wrong. It's yeah. got to be the opposite way. I don't, I don't really get why. And I, I think you're right. A lot of pe times people feel like that pride that usually would yeah. be reserved from nationalism for their sports teams. But sports teams aren't even exclusively from no, the places I, they're, they're representing anyway. So it doesn't make sense. It's mind-boggling. And you'll see people across basically everywhere in the the modern world it happens yeah. everywhere and even in places that are not the modern world they'll start they'll like get into mob brawls yeah. like it'll it'll be insane over sports get a grip let's start fighting over nationalism yeah. that's what i want okay we're gonna have some angry sports fans in the comments <laughs> uh so we're gonna talk about what hall was upsetting from that clip before we do though i want to help you all with your credit scores i'm talking about our sponsor scoremaster so scoremaster was created by credit data scientists and the average scoremaster user raises their credit score 
score 61 points in 20 days or less. That is huge. And not a couple points, 61 points. One listener raised her credit score 102 points in just 11 days. Another raised his credit score 53 points in 17 days. Imagine how much of a difference that could make in your life. Scoremaster is the new science that super boosts your credit score faster and easier than anything you've tried. It puts you in control of your credit score. They're actually going to give you actionable things to do to improve your score. This is how you add points to your credit score fast. Having your best credit score can help in every area of your life. We're talking about getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing, even getting a job. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. You should have the power, not the not the banks, and ScoreMaster puts you in charge. You will be shocked how fast you can do it. Visit scoremaster.com slash Lauren. Again, that is scoremaster.com slash Lauren. They really make improving your credit. It's it's almost like they've gamified financial systems. It's amazing. Check it out. And again, scoremaster.com slash Lauren so they know that our show sent you over. All right. So here... Essentially, Ben is pretty much saying don't let empathy, i.e. feelings, rule over your policy decisions. Which makes sense. It makes sense to me. Yeah, and I understand empathy being a factor in in beginning to make policy decisions. Like you see something. Yes. Sympathy is not bad. Right, exactly. Like like, you know, obviously there are humanitarian things that you might want to put money into and that might be like initially driven by sympathy Mm -hmm. or, or even some empathy towards them. But at at that point it's gotta stop. Right. Right. At that point, you got to say, now, how can we logically rationalize this? Does this make sense in the macro? Don't just let your feelings dictate what you implement in policy. Makes makes a lot of sense. It's pretty much what he says all the time. But for some Mm. reason, this clip, a lot of people had problems with it. The person in question who I think is the first one to post it said, no, seriously, how did people ever think this guy wasn't intellectual? I mean, I can see people who are especially more emotionally driven having problem with it but i don't know how that's anti-intellectual in any any sense you know what i've thought about this for quite a while like i've been on this train for a long time and it's like we have we don't have enough problems because we probably do have a basic amount of empathy as human beings Mm -hmm. and once we stop running out of like significant problems uh, and there are some that we turn a blind eye to like homeless people for example like there's a lack of empathy towards them i would say but um we started inventing problems, yeah, right? And, and since then, it's been like just, you know, open season on first world problems all across the board. And you're trying to use your feelings to bring about changes in reality. And we're seeing that often there's a clash between what can actually be brought about. Right. And I think there's also a difference in giving someone what they want and some something that they need, yeah. right? They're not the same thing. And I feel like when you let empathy versus reason drive your decision making, you're more inclined to give people what they want, i.e. just handouts or mm-hmm. temporary relief rather than what they need, which might be seen as like the tough love scenario. And yeah. I think we're seeing that more and more as the left takes over like we see policy as just let's give the people what they want. Um, it's like the Panama Kirkensis kind mm. of mentality, just give them bread, give them circuses, placate them instead of actually working to help them be more self-reliant and things like that. And women, by the way, I just want to say women are way more likely to vote based on empathy yes. than any type of like rationalization or reasoning. And it, it has to do with our, our personality types, right? Yeah, there are people sure. who focus more on thinking, people who focus more on feelings. And it's just, uh, you know, Feelings aren't bad, but they can't rule your life devoid of logic. Uh, 
Glenn Greenwald, who I actually usually, for a lefty, I, I think has pretty good takes. He was appalled by this clip. He said, Ben Shapiro is genuinely an effing idiot, meaning a cognitively stupid person. And while this video demonstrates that, its principal revelation is that he's an idiot who is also soulless. Again, I, I, I feel like they're conflating having empathy with a person, as in like you're being a good person and that means you're gonna mm -hmm. make good policy. I think Ben's just saying this is gonna be policy not driven by logic, which is not the same thing, no. but they're really uh, taking things to heart. And I, and I think that Glenn's being disingenuous here. At least there's some cognitive dissonance going on. I mean, listen, Ben is not like my guy. He's not like the guy. I like Ben. I like a lot of things he says. Um, and some of the other things I, I, I don't agree with. I don't agree with some of the more neocon aspects of, mm -hmm. of what of his takes. Um, but I do, as a, as a whole, I really do like Ben. And I, I recently he was just on Rogan's podcast. Uh, and, and I thought I it was a really good conversation. Um, but to say that he's a stupid person is just dishonest. Yeah. You know, like he, like anyone that gets through law school that isn't like, you know. And he's also like there, a freaking prodigy. He graduated yeah ridiculously early and that's the thing about ben shapiro you can disagree with ben you can think ben is wrong it's really hard to say he's stupid though yeah and, he's and not he is wrong person. on certain things in my opinion yeah because no course. one's right, right all the exactly. time except for me uh, yeah yeah sure um yeah but i i do like what he said though about selective empathy because we see that all the time the left loves to utilize yes. the the concept of empathy and compassion but it, it is very selective mm. and that's the first thing he highlighted right we're compassionate towards um I don't know, let's say the BLM protesters and things like that, but or, not the lockdown protesters. Or or, or immigrants, yeah. right? But not really towards middle-class Americans. Right, or even like or legal immigrants yeah. who want their investment into the legal sure. system that they've done the right way to be protected, right? Uh, you know, you're sympathetic to the like Syrian refugee or whatever, but not the person who's essentially having their entire culture destroyed in some cases in Europe where it's really getting bad. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just, it's very selective. And, and I think he is right about empathy clouding reason, right? They, and they're, they're not always opposed, but sometimes they can be. And he even goes on to say that empathy doesn't, um, doesn't mean agreeing with like everything BLM says, because that's yeah. another thing that the left does. They paint the issue of, if you are empathetic, then you must agree with us and all of our premises, right? And I think for a lot of progressives to be empathetic, you must agree with Black Lives Matter. And even more broadly, the idea that America is inherently systemically racist yeah. Otherwise, you're not empathetic. Yeah. So it's just like it's this really muddy conversation. Um, and I think I, I side with Ben on this and seeing him be attacked for this. I, I think people aren't understanding what he's saying or they're making an effort to not understand. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that. There, there are, I, I think to me, it's getting more and more close to the times when reason or rationality are going to be an article of white supremacists, yeah. you know, like European. I think they've already said the places. I have mean, some people have, yeah. but it's going to become more and more widespread. And you're seeing this kind of openly here where they're saying that empathy is a good way of crafting policy. That's what they're saying by, yeah. you know, but, in this. And I think that that's just, it's lunacy, frankly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the whole reasoning or not reasoning because that's not the right word, but that's the whole driving force behind things yeah. like socialism right you want to help it doesn't matter if at the end of the day the budget isn't balanced if you run out of money the drive to help people is stronger than the drive to think about is this actual pra is this actually yes. practical can this actually work and actually uh, i have some posts here by elon musk that i think kind of sum this up nicely so 
he, uh, a lot of like libertarians and conservatives were cheering him on because he said, another government stimulus package is not in the best interest of the people, in my yes. opinion. And people were like, yeah, go Elon, red pill, base day. He, he got so much hate for this from the left, yeah. right? And then and he goes on to say this. <laughs> then he continued, as a reminder, I'm in favor of universal basic income. But wait, it gets worse. He says, goal of government should be to maximize the happiness of the people. And then he says, giving, yeah, giving each person money allows them to decide what meets their needs rather than blunt tool of legislation. And he also uh, complained about the special interest being served in, you know, the previous stimulus package. Mm -hmm. the, the stimulus package question aside, the goal of government is not to maximize the happiness of the people. No. But if you if all you care about is like empathy and the way people feel, you would be inclined to believe that. But that it's utilitarian and could potentially lead to a lot of rights being violated if all you care is how the majority of your people feel. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is like maximizing happiness or being optimistic. That is textbook utilitarianism. Yeah. And and what you allow for in utilitarianism, there are a whole bunch of different versions of it, of course, but um, people are treated as an ends rather than means in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, I think it's deeply troubling. I think that the government's purview should be a lot more simple than maximizing happiness it should yeah. be people should be allowed to maximize happiness on their own and maybe the government's job should be to um do the best to not impede that right but, yeah you know I, I that's, that's what that. i would say yeah. but but to say its job is to maximize that's that's uh, arguing for a massive government structure and one that i just don't think is um, humanly feasible, frankly. But but we see that all the time with what the left is currently arguing right now. And it's like with the statues, for instance, if, if they just want people to be happy and these statues are making people unhappy, take the statues down, right? Or with the riots, if people want to riot and this is what like they are saying they need to do, you let them riot. Like just the idea that we should just be empathetic, just maximize happiness. It's not a good way to govern. It's not a good way to craft policy. Let's bring a little bit of reason back into this. Let's bring some charts, some data back into things because as Ben Shapiro says, uh, facts do not care about your feelings. So now AOC is calling out sexism and abuse and privilege in a fiery monologue on the House floor. So if you haven't been keeping up with this little tiff she's been in, apparently this has all started from when another representative, Ted Yoho, allegedly called her an effing bee. So if, if you've not been keeping up with the situation, we have this article from CNN that will kind of give you a lowdown. So they write, in an interview, Ocasio-Cortez added more detail about Yoho's broadside before he reportedly called her an effing bee within earshot of a reporter from The Hill. Ocasio-Cortez was walking up the east front steps of the Capitol to cast a vote Monday afternoon when both Yoho and Texas GOP rep Roger Williams approached her as they were walking down the steps. Yoho erupted at her instantly and kept escalating the situation, she said. Do you really believe that people are shooting and killing each other because they're hungry? You know, you're unbelievable. You're disgusting, Yoho said, according to Ocasio-Cortez, saying the Florida conservative was wagging his finger at her. Ocasio-Cortez then said she tried to calm him down, but he wouldn't. And then I just told him he was being rude and he got even more angry. So I think the whole thing about her saying that people are committing violent acts because of they're hungry, she actually did do, it was like a Zoom interview or, or something yeah. like that, where she said that, yeah, all these the shootings are up, crime is up. Uh, actually, it's mostly like homicides and violent crimes mm -hmm. that are up, not so much the petty crimes. They're up just because people want bread to feed their families, which if you've seen footage coming out of New York, it's kind of... Some weird jewelry-shaped bread that they got. Yeah, that's that's not it. That's not yeah. it. Like, you, you need the Nikes to feed your starving 
Family. And then she continued, Williams, meantime, was first watching Yoho, and then he apparently literally started hollering about throwing urine, Ocasio-Cortez said. He started talking about throwing urine. I don't know what he was talking about. I think he was maybe talking about an incident at some protest somewhere that I don't know about. But he started talking about throwing urine, urine, and at that point, I was so bewildered, I was like, these folks are out of their minds. This is the whole confrontation that has kind of been a, a topic in the news for a couple days now it's coming up on a week and just to clarify there's no footage of any of this this is all he said she said right now but Mm -hmm. ocasio-cortez is really making a big deal out of it uh in in terms of what the other congressmen are saying williams said the his office actually said the congressman did not participate in the exchange between yoho and ocasio-cortez nor did he hear what was said in their conversation so he's just being like no i didn't no i didn't say that i wasn't there then after that incident was reported yoho went to the floor wednesday and said i rise to apologize for the abrupt manner of the conversation i had with my colleague from new york it is true that we disagree on policies and visions for america but that does not mean we should be disrespectful He denied calling her an effing B, though his office said he was calling her policies, quote, BS. And this article is how I learned that apparently on CNN.com, you don't need to censor BS, the the full thing. So that's that's something there. We'll still censor it. Just to be safe. Yeah, we, we, we will. Is. We're yeah. a family-friendly show for the most part. But yeah, so this is, like I said, there are articles in CNN, The Hill, everywhere. And it's pretty much just did this one congressman call AOC an effing B, which yeah. he denies. He seems to acknowledge that he raised his voice or maybe got heated, but he's he's saying he didn't call her that specifically. Uh, if, if you're a regular person, you're probably thinking like, who cares? This is not a big deal. This is meaningless. Can we talk yeah. about like meaningful sub substance substantive policy? Uh, no, we cannot because Miss mm. AOC is very very offended. Well, you're dismissing the plight of all females across the world because this is something that the patriarchy is propagating. Yeah, right? and actually, by allegedly calling her an effing b, uh, apparently Ted Yoho he just hates women. Yes, and is pro abusing women and just like all of the bad things ever. That at least is what AOC was alleging when she gave her response to his. I mean, it was kind of like a non apology, I guess, because he. Well, I mean. Yeah, no, it was a little pro- bit. Yeah, because he, well, I guess you can't apologize for something you didn't do. He did apologize for, I guess, getting heated. I guess it depends on whether you think he called her that word or not. Uh, But she gave her own little statement monologue on the House floor. And it was it was very dramatic, to say the least. We have some clips here. Representative Yoho put his finger in my face. He called me disgusting. He called me crazy. He called me out of my mind. He called me dangerous. After I had recognized his his comments as rude, He walked away and said, I'm rude. You're calling me rude. I walked inside and cast my vote um, because my constituents send me here each and every day to fight for them and to make sure that they are able to keep a roof over their head, that they're able to feed their families, and that they're able to carry their lives with dignity. I walked back out and there were reporters in the front of the Capitol And in front of reporters, Representative Yoho called me, and I quote, a f***ing These are the words that Representative Yoho levied against a congresswoman. I love her just general tone. She's speaking as if she just survived an actual assault. Like a literal someone was trying to murder her. Yeah. No, I I agree. This is, I mean, listen, 
if he actually didn't call her that, it's unprofessional. Yeah, it's wrong. You sh- you I don't shouldn't support do it. that. I mean, even if it's even if it wasn't a professional situation where you're both, were, just shouldn't say that to anybody. Really. Yeah, it's I not mean, nice. I'm not for yeah, coarse language no, at all. Or calling someone names. Yeah. But I think she's hamming it up quite a bit, even oh, if yeah, it did no. happen. So some of the acting that she gives in this address, I think, is is actually pretty impressive. No, it's I was cr- like I my eyes were rolling physically back in my head. Right, but that's because of the content. She's selling it as much as she can. I think it says a lot about someone the way they respond to an apology. And like he did apologize. Like he said he was trying to be, well, denying that he called her the you know, effing b thing. He did say like. We don't need to be disrespectful. If I were her and I were trying to respond to this, I wouldn't do this whole nine-minute speech that she gave. I would say, while the congressman and I disagree on the events that happen, I do appreciate his call to be respectful, and we need to remember to do that. And, you know, going forward, I hope we can work together in a more civil way. Like, if, mm-hmm. if it were me, that's how I would have reacted to the situation. Uh, she chose a very di- different path, though, and we have we have more of this. He was walking shoulder to shoulder with Representative Roger Williams. And that's when we start to see that this issue is not about one incident. It is cultural. It is a culture of lack of impunity, of accepting of violence and violent language against women in an entire structure of power that supports that. Because not only have I been spoken to disrespectfully, particularly by members of the Republican Party and elected officials in the Republican Party, not just here, but the President of the United States last year told me to go home to another country is the implication that I don't even belong in America. So not only is uh, Yoho and I guess Williams too, not only are they sexist, they're also contributing to a culture that condones or at least permits violence against women. Yeah. Violent I'm, language against women. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out, like she spoke these words in order, but yeah. I'm having trouble connecting the dots. Right. And she's, she's, you know, she's making some pretty big leaps here. That is a, that is a gargantuan leap. Like if she weren't currently in Congress, it'd be like, Homegirl, you got to go try out for the Olympics with like the leaps that you're giving. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, no, this is like calling someone an effing B is not violent language, right? It's just not. I wouldn't no. even say it's sexist language because guys call each other that all the time. Yeah. And oh my goodness, she's just like really, really milking, dehumanizing language. It's like, miss, like if, if this is what you have to complain about from your coworkers, things are going pretty well. Like, I'm sorry. And again, not to say it's all right, but it's just, this is not a real problem. Yeah. And and I don't think that what, like, if you said something disrespectful like that, again, I don't think it's the right thing to do. But there's the other part of it that's like, okay, listen, one thing that I see a lot of women do that, especially the feminist type that are very vocal is they will get up in a man's face and they'll freak out. They'll scream. They'll use every verbal, you know, uh, everything that they could say, they'll say it. Yeah. But, like, obviously, we can't retaliate physically. That's wrong. Even if it's a man-to-man doing it, it's wrong. But it does happen. Like, you know, there is some kind of, you know, there is a, some sort of recourse with a man. But with a woman, now it's like you can't even talk back to her. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't touch her and I can't even, you know, 
yeah. say anything back to her because that's also violence against women. It's like you're just supposed to sit there and take it. It's mind boggling. Yeah, because that's the only thing you can do in that book is you you gotta you gotta get snarky. Yeah, and, and, snarky. and the it. thing is like she is saying that like, this is such terrible language. Blah blah blah. She is someone who actually calls America like white supremacist, yeah. who actually says capitalism is evil. Like if we want to talk about anyone's tone and uh, the way someone's words are like shaping society, I would say hers are a lot more dangerous because she's actually trying to like introduce socialism, which I think is a much more alarming matter than whether or not some guy called her an effing bee. Like, let's just put things into perspective here. And I think we have one more clip, which uh, this is my favorite clip because it's the most ridiculous. You may not even believe it if you haven't seen it already, but it's pretty good. And I do not need Representative Yoho to apologize to me. Clearly, he does not want to. Clearly, when given the opportunity, he will not. And I will not stay up late at night waiting for an apology from a man who has no remorse over calling women and using abusive language towards women. But what I do have issue with is using women, our wives and daughters as shields and excuses for poor behavior. Mr. Yoho mentioned that he has a wife and two daughters. I am two years younger than Mr. Yoho's youngest daughter. I am someone's daughter too. My father, thankfully, is not alive to see how Mr. Yoho treated his daughter. My mother got to see Mr. Yoho's disrespect on the floor of this house towards me on television. And I am here because I have to show my parents that I am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men. Again, this is not an issue of him disrespecting women, just broadly, if it happened, he has a problem with you. You specifically, not all women. I'm sure there are plenty of women out there who would say much worse to you yes. than you're saying that uh, Yoho did. It's ridiculous. Also, the father, they're like, what? Like, it's a good thing he wasn't, like, alive that to see me means... disrespected. What? That was so over the top, but I, I respect it. Almost. <laughs> I just respect, like, just, like... She's committing she's to it. Com yeah, she's going all in. She's yeah. like, my father's... Did you notice the voice crack a little yeah. bit? Oh, yeah, oh, I noticed. I even noticed the person in the background start tearing up and start oh. paying attention. It's like, I see all of this stuff. And that's why when we talked about earlier about the Ben Shapiro segment yeah. about the empathy stuff, that's what they're trying to exploit here, right? They're not, there's no logic to this argument. It's like, my father's dead. So now feel sorry for me. Yeah, because someone called me a B. Yes, I know. It, it's unbelievable. And you, you, we just got to, I mean, everybody does this in politics. Basically, if you were to take a list of the logical fallacies, yeah. that is how... That's how a political argument operates. You just right. use, you don't use actual arguments. You just try usually. to get people's emotions going, whatever. Yes. Um, but this is this is another example of exactly that. It drives me nuts, but at the same time, I love the candor that she just went across and just totally, yeah, totally grifted everybody it. right there. I loved it. Yeah, it was, I mean, she is the epitome of feelings over facts, so I'm not really surprised by this. Yeah, but this whole, like, her whole spiel went on for, like, what, 10 minutes? 9, 10 yes. minutes? 
So it's it's a lot. Uh, you can watch the whole thing online if you have the patience for it. I, I like physically wanted to get out of my skin to get away from it because it was just mm. so over the top. But yeah, I mean, this is what I guess we're continuing to talk about in, in the media. And, it, you know, don't say it's all Republicans. No, she's the one who's making a big deal out of it. And I don't think things are going to get any better leading up to the election because it's a lot easier to talk about things like this than actual policy. Disappointing as it is, but that's pretty much all we have to say for now, I mm -hmm. think. And as always, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and we will see you next time.